0: Summer's here, and with the kids at home, some of you have been writing to me about your struggles that are happening already. The constant all-day snacking and what to do for mealtimes is already making you crazy. I've asked Ashley Smith of the Veggies and Virtue podcast to join us today to give us some pointers and ideas and tactical strategies that you can implement to simplify summer snacking and end the all-day snack attack that's happening all day in some of our homes already.
1: In this podcast, you will learn exactly how to declutter, implement systems, and maximize routines that remove the overwhelming unorganized parts of life, bringing simplicity to your life and home. Come on, it's time to create a life you love. Hey there, happy Friday
0: can't believe another week is already wrapping up. This episode today is extra special because we have a guest, Ashley Smith from Veggies and Virtue joining us. Before we get going, I want to apologize about my scratchy voice. It's been like this for a little over a week and it's slowly but surely getting better. So hopefully you can stick with us and the scratchy voice doesn't bother you too much. But today I have asked Ashley to come back. She joined me a while ago and was a guest on episode 60 of the Intentional Edit podcast, where she shared tons of valuable information on simplifying mealtimes in general, and there is a little bit of simplicity in snacking in that episode too. So after you listen to this episode today, I encourage you to go check out episode 60 as well, and you will leave after listening to both of those episodes with so much great information to uh, simplify your mealtimes and your snacking for your family. When we think about summer, we think about warm, sunny days, vacations, last-minute plans, summer travel, downtime, play dates, adventures, and lots of the stereotypical things that come along with summer and just that whole summer break mentality. Some of the thoughts that and those feelings that can creep in are also a little bit of the overwhelming kind or being overwhelmed at the unknown, the potential of messes, a messy house, possible boredom from the kids and a constant desire for snacks and that all day snacking. The request from hungry kiddos all day long. Today we have Ashley from the Veggies and Virtue podcast joining us. She has been a guest before and I always love to pick her brain because she is so knowledgeable and I know that she is going to bless the Intentional Edit listeners today with all of her goodness. As the conversations about how to keep our pantries stocked and the need for more snack ideas rapidly approach because summer is officially here, we're welcoming Ashley today to give her best tips for simple snacking solutions. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. This is going to be so fun and I know so many people are overwhelmed at the idea of Kids at home asking for snacks all day long and what that looks like. I am anxious to get your opinion and all of your insight on how to simplify the summer summer snacking overall. Yeah, absolutely. So having three kids myself,
2: ages nine, seven, and four, we're like, like very much in the age where they're starting to move towards being a little bit more independent. And you know, with that independence, sometimes we can have some challenges in our kids. Do they just go in and out of the pantry nonstop and things like like that? So I hear from fellow parents on a personal level, but also with the clients I work with all the time. It's like, not only what are we gonna do with our kids all summer, but how many times am I going to have to feed them? Because we think think of it just, you know, when it's consolidated to the school day or if they're at preschool or daycare, wherever it may be, there's some built-in structure. But during the summer, so much of the time, it just feels like, it's just a 12 hour long snack that just you know kind of never starts and never stops. and so i think when we think about simplifying snacking for summer, the more that we can kind of redefine simplify as a way to streamline some of these efforts, it begins to take some of that mental fatigue and that perception of physical fatigue of coming up with different menu ideas and constantly feeding our kids and as soon as we're done feeding them, then we're cleaning up and by the time we're done cleaning up, it's time to feed them again and you know, just some of that process and think, how does simplify and streamline really go together so that snacks don't feel quite as endless? And so I know your listeners resonate with this idea a lot, but this concept that we often feel overwhelmed when there's a lack of order. And so I see that a lot within the feeding space that parents a lot of times can feel really overwhelmed with feeding their kids or overwhelmed with what to offer or overwhelmed with the idea of kids being home and wanting snacks 47 times a day, because there's no real order to how they approach meals, snacks, time in and outside of the kitchen. So the more that we can get families to recognize that there's still a rhythm and routine to summer, even if it's a new one from what was the school year, and to try and kind of find ways that we can get around grazing all day and instead establish those rhythms and routines i think the more order and you know simplification and streamline nature to snacking that families will feel as they move into summertime
0: so you said one thing that really stuck because it makes me think about the summer day can just be an ongoing feeding session really it's like it seems like for parents that all of a sudden it's afternoon and you just had breakfast and then there was a snack, then there was lunch, then there was another snack. The kids are still grazing and all of a sudden you have to make dinner and it's like, you've been in the kitchen all day long. When you said the lack of order, the that really stuck. And I think the listeners do identify with that because it's it feels like a free for all when we don't have a plan and when that order is not there.
2: Yes, exactly. And I think that that's one of the, key places for families to address up front is kind of consolidating that sense of chaos or rather when it feels like our kids eating is constant we want to think how can we consolidate it so it's more structured meals and snacks because when we look at our role and responsibility as parents in the feeding relationship something that is Kind of considered the gold standard in the literature and throughout the research is parents being in charge of what, when, and where their kids are fed. So I'm gonna, I'll kind of reference a few of those different points today. But when we start out and we look at summertime being a new schedule and having just new rhythms and routines, when we can look at the when of our day, you know, what are the time stamps we know? What are the windows that we are aware of in terms of when our kids wake and go to bed, knowing that those are different than the school year. You know, when does lunch naturally or, you know, actually fall depending on where your kids are during the day and who might be feeding them. But then fitting within that, the consolidation of where those snacks fall between kind of those main meals or those main eating opportunities so that snacking doesn't feel so constant. Because oftentimes as parents, we think, okay, we know we have to feed our kids three meals a day. But then what happens is is they may or may not eat at those meals and then they come back 30 minutes later and want a snack and then they want 17 snacks between lunch and dinner and here we are trying to make a well-balanced dinner and we know that our child has just had 17 snacks most of which are traditional snack foods and so we you know have that internal struggle as parents because it's not only is their con- is their feeding and snacking constant but there's that internal wrestling of this is just chaos. This is their in and out all the time. I am picking up wrappers all over the place. There's popsicle wrappers in the backyard. There's goldfish, you know, crushed up in the carpet there. It's just, it feels it's a sense of chaos. Whereas parents, if we can realize one of the primary starting places that we can begin to add some order and begin to streamline our efforts with meals and snacks is when they are being offered and to have more set structure and routine with Things like the time span in between eating opportunities and defining what are the defined times of day. Because again, sometimes it's going to be very fluid. I don't know if my kid will wake up at seven or at nine. Other times it's going to be, well, we tend to eat lunch this time every day, or we need, you know, lunch at camp or at daycare will be, you know, at this time every day. There's going to be certain meals and snacks that anchor us. But I think the more that parents can use those to build out what their rhythm and routine will be. The more they'll feel some ownership over when meals and snacks are offered and then that can help them to streamline their efforts and to add some order to the day so that kids aren't just constantly grazing
0: i know so many parents that are worried with the the constant grazing so we definitely want to rein that in and then as parents i think everyone can identify with saying something along the lines of, you know, dinner is in 20 minutes not another snack right now. Or do you really need that snack? I need you to be hungry for dinner something along those lines.
2: Yes, absolutely. And that makes me think of actually something that I think is a great time, especially in summer, when oftentimes we do have dinner later, you know, our bedtimes often get pushed later. And our schedules just, you know, as the sun stays out longer, things just kind of get pushed back is oftentimes I'll encourage families to do something like an appetizer hour, where the hour before dinner, where maybe you put out some watermelon that you just cut up or you know some veggies and dip. This doesn't have to be anything fancy or formal. This is just simply, if you are truly hungry, you can snack on this in advance of the meal because anything like carrots and hummus, or you know even if it's just putting out a bag of clementines that requires no effort on behalf of the mom really, it's still saying, if you need something to snack on before the meal, you can have this. But this is what I refer to as like a level one snack. It has very little fat fiber and protein so it's not going to fill up our kids so much as say if they go in the pantry and find whatever you know package stack food that they may be preferring which truth be told they don't, don't really even have to be hungry for but those are the ones that become more problematic and start to displace the dinner or you know whatever the next eating opportunity may be
0: and so much of that is not even hunger it's just because of a habit so okay we're used to running into the pantry pulling out this package and they eat it, or it's half eaten, and you find the package on the coffee table of the snack that was never even finished, so were they really even hungry to begin with?
2: Yes, exactly, and I think that's where, as parents, when we can think about simplifying that summer snack time in terms of adding structure, it's going to help compartmentalize our own mental energy of what do we need to offer when, but it helps us to become a lot more strategic, not only with offering more variety, and, you know, incorporating different food groups and exposing our kids to new foods, but also it helps our child to tune into that appetite regulation, because each of us know there's plenty of foods that I enjoy, and it really requires very little appetite for me to want to eat. They just taste good, but I don't really have to be truly hungry to eat them. But as parents, so often we, we feel this responsibility that it's our job to feed our kids, and it is. But with that, we often fall back on if our child even says that they're hungry, we need to instantly respond to it and react in that given moment. And when we look at our feeding roles and our job to decide what, when and where food is available, that when component is really key because we are actually helping our child and serving them and loving them more when we're setting up that structure and routine and saying, Hey, there's regular reoccurring eating opportunities. There are these anchor eating opportunities that I talked about, whether it be certain snack times or meal times, and then you spacing it out. So every two to three hours with most young kids, they're going to need another opportunity to eat. This helps them build that appetite regulation so that they actually are developing feelings of hunger, not starvation. But it's also not going so long that they're going to, you know, just stuff their face and then feel sick afterwards because they ate so much. We want to promote kind of that average appetite regulation that comes and goes and ebbs and flows so that they can feel, I feel that little tinge of hunger and then I know how to eat until I feel satisfied. But that's also how we help kids eat until they're satisfied at a given meal so that they're not just grazing on goldfish all day and, you know, maybe never even feeling hunger in order to have to do so.
0: Okay, I love these tips so far and just think you're bringing so much of the, the common feelings of overwhelm, where maybe we don't know where that's coming from. It's just like that, the thoughts of, oh, this is gonna happen, I need to stock up on the sta- snacks, I need to have more food in the house, like preparing for this, but not really, maybe more like displacing the actual like what is about to happen and then what are the solutions for that? We know that summer is here and that means usually more flexibility in our schedules, the day looks different. And we've talked about that a little bit, but when there is not that set schedule, what are some tactical things that we can do to go about like really simplifying this snacking in these situations?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question because whether you look at things like you're on vacation and there's just kind of any semblance of a schedule is out the window or you're in a season where maybe camps are throwing off your schedule, or I know like my kids are in a swim team and that can dictate our days a lot, or friends come over and it's not snack time, but all the kids are asking for snacks. There's so many different variables in summer that we can't control. And that's okay because that's real life. But as parents, even when we can't control that when component of when meals are regularly and routinely being offered, we can start to begin to think about where are we maybe going to be at a given time? and when would the next eating opportunity be so even if it's not every day follows kind of the same rhythm and routine we can think about you know where are we going to be is it something where we are going to be packing a cooler and like have a picnic and thus be able to maybe offer perishable things is this something where you know i live right outside of houston so If I'm at the pool with my kids and I haven't packed a cooler, these better be very non perishable snacks that don't have a bunch of chocolate in them that aren't going to melt all over. So I need to be thinking about where am I serving these snacks? Or, you know, are we at the park? Or if we're on vacation, you know, where are we going to be eating so that we can then think through a little bit more strategically what food offerings even make sense in this environment? Because I know if we're going to the park, we're going to the pool, we're going on vacation, we're on a road trip that the location of where we're eating being not in our kitchen at the kitchen table is going to dictate some of the decisions I make about what I'm offering my kids but that also helps me naturally begin to introduce some other variety because instead of having the same packaged school fish, fruit leathers, z bars, granola bars, you know, whatever the go-to's for your child may be that are just kind of like the things you constantly replenish, we begin to think a little bit more strategically about what foods fit for these different environments that we may find ourselves this summer? And beyond that, what foods are going to fuel them in those environments? Because I know when my kids are at the pool, while they might love a snow cone from the snack shack, that's really not gonna fuel them for very long when they're, you know, extending a lot of energy swimming around for a few hours. So I want to be packing snacks that are going to fuel them so that when we get home and I've been gone for a few hours and I need to start making dinner, they're not running on fumes. And then, you know, appetizer hour is not going to happen because they're like so beyond hungry that I need to feed them fast. So I want to think more strategically about when we may find ourselves in this place, even if I don't know what time it is or, you know, any semblance of that routine for the day, I can begin to think about some of those where and those what components of what I'm offering so that I can become a bit more strategic um, with things like the summertime snacks.
0: One of the things that came to mind is not just with snacking, with everything, and obviously I talk a lot about that on this podcast, is routines and good routines make it so and they are what carry us through every single day when we have these intentional routines it makes it so easy to modify and just with a few minutes or a very minimal amount of effort we can modify what we're doing so when you're talking about you're going to pack different snacks on days that your kids have swim team or gymnastics or these activities that are going to use a lot of energy than you are if they're just sitting on at home watching a movie. It's a, it's different in snacking and because of the routines that you've set up and you already have this structure in place, it makes it easy to do that and we can remove the overwhelm because we already have the basics down.
2: Yes, yes, exactly.
0: So can you give us any like healthier snack options? I've heard you say a few things and as you're talking, you've been giving us good ideas here and there, but I would love some healthier snack options along the lines of simplifying the snacks that you have already shared. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So I think, you know, something most of us parents want is healthier snack ideas. But I think when we take a step back and we can think about the when, the what, and the where that we're feeding our kids, as we've talked about, you know, in short here we can think more strategically about what qualifies as a healthy snack because there's times that I would say the carrots and hummus that I mentioned earlier isn't really a healthy snack because it's just not appropriate for a given situation. So one of the the tools that I've created and I've been using a lot recently with families that I work with one-on-one is called my Level Up Snack Guide, and that's where I give 72 healthy snack ideas, but they're categorized into what I would say like different levels. I don't believe in labeling food, healthy, unhealthy, good, bad, healthy junk, none of that, but rather thinking about it again as food as fuel. So there is a time where carrots and hummus an hour before dinner is an appropriate healthy option. But if we're about to head to a pool and I know my kids are going to be swimming for the next three hours, I'm not going to be feeding them carrots and hummus because that's not going to fuel them for long enough. So the difference with carrots and hummus being what I would consider a level one snack or a snack that's not going to fill them up very long Versus something like we're going to have a peanut butter and jelly and some apple slices being a level three snack, something that's going to fill them up for a little longer, helps us to think through things a bit more strategically. Because one of the biggest challenges I see families facing is we often have our autopilot assumption that a snack is 100 calorie pack. You know, a lot of us are raised in the diet culture generation of this is what qualifies as a snack. It's been pre-portioned. You know, everything is is already modified to a certain size based off some caloric goal. So, you know, count out your eight almonds, eat this one little pack as if that's meant to satisfy us for any amount of time. And that's just not realistic. And so what happens is we offer that whatever that hundred calorie equivalent prepackaged stack might be to our kids. Well, if that only fills them for an hour, well, then an hour later they're going to come back asking for another one and another one. And so we just grab, 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 and you can almost hear the crinkle noise that goes with it of, reaching the snack basket for another one, getting another crinkle package. And it's not the pre-packaged snack in and of itself that that I see being the problem, but it's rather rather the way that they're being used. So when we think about what are healthier snack options, we want to, again, think through how long do we need to fuel our kids for? What is the rhythm and routine of our day? Even if we have no sense of what time things are going to happen, we do have a sense of are we going to eat in an hour or is dinner four hours off? Because that's going to dictate what types of snacks. So that level up guide, I have a, um, an explanation at the beginning to kind of walk through this concept of kind of how long, like how much gas do you need to put in the tank to fuel your kids for different, you know, activities and things, and then share with you the snack ideas that go with each. But that'll give families a lot of different ideas for different scenarios. So as we talked about, if they're sitting at home watching a show versus at the pool, Spending a lot of energy, there's different snack options that may be more appropriate, and looking at it through that lens can automatically help us to incorporate more variety to improve on some of the picky eating habits that we see. That instead of our child eating six different packages of crinkly, you know, chips, cheez-its, goldfish crackers, veggie straws, etc., we can now see, oh, well, that window really necessitated a more filling snack. So, what would a more filling snack be for the future? Because All of us are gonna make mistakes and misgauge what our child's appetite level is, or the window until we get to eat next. But the more we can kind of take that data and tune into it to see how it can help us expand on the options that we're offering, the more that we're gonna be setting ourselves up for success, but also the more that we're simplifying it, because then it's not just this, I can't figure my kids out, they only wanna eat goldfish. You know, we get a lot of these perceptions as parents that, well, this is all my kids eat. My kids only like snacks, they don't eat meals when really the challenge is coming down to the way the day is structured, that they're you know fueling up on snack foods instead of meal foods because the way that these different foods are being incorporated into the day. And the more that we can kind of simplify, is, or simplify but also be more strategic about the way we offer these snack foods, I think a lot of parents will kind of see some, some order to the way these foods are offered.
0: Okay, I got to take a sneak peek at the level of snack guide. And what I thought was probably maybe the best part is it's full of information, but it's so easy to just look at at a quick glance. You don't have to read anything that is going to take 20 minutes of your time to figure this out. It was I I get to look at this one image or this one graphic and I know the answers. They're right here for me and I, then I get to look at this other one and I get to have all of this information right at my fingertips where it wasn't something else I had to put a lot of effort into. You make it so easy to get the information and easily receive it, have it at your fingertips and within minutes of receiving it, you can apply it to your own family and your own life and how it works in your day to day. So I thought just the way that you have it all organized is so easy and efficient for anyone to be able to use and put into use with their family as soon as they download it. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's
2: helpful to hear because it kind of, it's been a work in progress over the last year of kind of creating it, but working as a pediatric dietitians with parents, but parents who need to be able to communicate and convey some of these desires for feeding their family in a certain way having it be very visual tends to work better for families because kids are are going to be more interested in these options when they see, you know, if they see apple, if they see apple donuts written, it's kind of like, I probably don't want that. If you're comparing it to, you know, their most preferred snack food, but if they see it out there, it's like, well, that looks kind of good, or I think I might want this. And so it's exciting to hear clients in different families that I work with say that, as you said, as soon as they print it out, their child within five minutes can understand how to use it because as parents, it's helping us You know, I kind of think about it, it's like the mess we can't contain. It's very frustrating and your audience, I know will understand this, but you know, when our kids are just playing with toys all day and there's stuff everywhere and it just feels like everything's a mess and everything's just in this one big bucket, it can just, it doesn't leave us with a great feeling. There's definitely no semblance of order. But I think once we can begin to categorize very strategically and again, not on a food hierarchy or anything like that, but once our kids and ourselves can begin to see foods fuel us differently this is a tool that we can empower and equip our kids with as well especially as they get older and into some of those more independent and autonomous ages where we can say you know that's a great snack option but i don't know that that's going to fill us up for long enough why don't we pick a level two stack option so it's very concrete for the stage of development that a lot of kids that i work with are at but the visual nature also kind of helps buy them in a little bit because it's you know the same way as um, a lot of their preferred snack foods are marketed very well to them and so kids can kind of see that this is you know selling them a little bit more by giving them that visual of what it may look like if and when it's offered
0: for sure and i just i know i just got that little sneak peek but everything i saw i loved and i know that it is so helpful and it will be helpful for so many families Thank you so much for all of this wonderful information. I know you're going to help so many people. You left us with action-packed strategies to truly simplify the snacking this summer and really into the year, because these are things that we can take moving forward and not just use for summertime. Tell us one more time where to get the free resource that I know everyone is going to want and where people can contact you and find you in the future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So they can, the download that we were talking about, the Level Up Snack Guide, it's a free resource and they can find it at veggiesandvirtuecom forward slash snack guide, all one word. Also, when you're on my site, if you want to reach out, email me, set up a free consultation for us to just kind of chat through what your struggles are or how we can kind of strategize so that you're, you know, more intentional with the summer months there's a link to do so there to work with me. Um, Otherwise, I do have the Veggies and Virtue podcast and I'm on Instagram at Veggies and Virtue. So I'd love to connect with your
0: community on any of those places. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Intentional Edit podcast and giving my listeners so many good tips to simplify their summer snacking. Thank you so much for having me.